Hey everyone, welcome to Pieces of You, a show about life through the lens of four fierce and resilient women who lost their moms too damn soon. Each episode will feature stories to inspire hope, healing, and connection. Because if we work together, we can make the broken better. Hey everyone, this is Christine. In this episode, we went back to the archives and resurrected a never-before-heard episode that we recorded on May 5th, the Wednesday before Mother's Day, 2021. On the day we recorded, we were originally planning to record the season one episode, The Impact of Early Mother Loss. But a few days prior, I had asked my co-hosts if we could mix it up since Mother's Day was soon to be upon us. They eagerly agreed. The problem that we realized shortly after recording was that the episode wasn't going to drop until June, well after Mother's Day. So we decided to shelve it. But today, we are bringing to life this special episode, and it is my honor to introduce Mother's Day 2.0, the reclamation of a wholly misinterpreted day. Here we go. Hey, ladies. How is everyone doing today? Hey, hey. Hey. <laughs> Good. I could use some more sunshine, though, to be honest with you. I really loved that 80-degree weather day that oh. we had, and now it's wah-wah. So. <laughs> I'm sleepy. It'll, it'll, it'll come back oh. eventually. Just Wake up, girl. Sleepy. I'm telling you, that's the weather, though. Like, yeah. It's, like, know. cozy, though. Do you have a heated blanket? <laughs> Not on me, but, but I do, do you have one. Oh yeah. We, well, it's more like a pad. It's like a heating pad. I actually you got need it, a like, blanket. I know. Okay, so you guys, I wanted to start by sharing an interesting fact that I learned just this week from Hope Edelman, who is the author of Motherless Daughters. She's actually a friend of mine now and has become a mentor. But I saw this on her Facebook page, and I know I shared this with you in a text thread, but I'm gonna say it out loud for our listeners. Get ready. Mother's Day was actually founded by a motherless daughter, Anna Jarvis. What? I know. That was mind blown. I know. So when you sent that text. I'm going to read the Wikip- Wikipedia entry. Okay. Anna Maria Jarvis, May 1st, 1864 through November 24th, 1948, was the founder of Mother's Day in the United States. Her mother had frequently expressed a desire for the establishment of such a holiday. And after her mother's death, Jarvis led the movement for the commemoration, which, by the way, was in 1908. However, as the years passed, Jarvis grew disenchanted with the growing commercialization of the observation. She herself never profited from the day and even attempted to have Mother's Day rescinded. She died in a sanitarium, her medical bills paid by people in the floral and greeting card industries. Wow. <laughs> oh, stop it. Stop it. What is a sanitarium? It's because I, I feel up. terrible. So they're like, well, we'll pay for it because we're making a lot of money yeah. off mm-hmm. of you. A sanitarium is where they would send people who are like technically insane. It's saying here it's a medical facility for long-term illness. It is? I thought it was for if you were mentally ill. No, that's like, an, yeah, that has another name. I oh, know. Is it an, an insane asylum? asylum? <laughs> that would make sense, though, because losing your mother does drive you insane, but 
she died in a medical facility because back then, obviously, mental health like wasn't recognized. Well, and especially if you were a woman, she's crazy. Throw her in the asylum, that sort of a thing. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So what are your initial thoughts and reactions to now learning this information? So much more respect for the holiday. So much more respect. Mm. I totally thought it was created out of the greeting card industry. I never even thought to look at the origin. And I'm like, I'm surprised, though, also that she made it like to commemorate her mom. And then it just turned Mm -hmm. kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's frustrating to me that it's so commercialized, which, you know, welcome to America. Everything is. But the greeting card industry is just it's ridiculous to me. Whenever I give somebody a birthday card or a birthday gift, I always say, there's no card in that. I use that $5 <laughs> added to your gift. No. Because um, I just, I don't know. I mean, we're going to pr- definitely never get sponsored by a greeting card company now, but that's fine. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, I guess it's like frustrating to me that it has, like, it's lost a little bit of the meaning. It's like, mm-hmm. whether it's Mother's Day, Father's Day, whatever, I feel like people's love language can be gifts, but I feel like, that should not be the whole focus of it or whatever. It's like it's like the gifts are like an expectation and it feels like there's so much pressure. There's so much pressure. Like even when like my mom was alive, I'm like, there's so much pressure. And I just everyone that I talk mm. to now, they're like, oh, I have to do this or I have to buy this or like I got to, you know, whatever. And I so one of my love languages is acts of service, like both receiving and giving. And so like I've mm. always done that. And I think especially when I was a kid, like you're five and you like, you like make your mom breakfast, you like bring her cereal. Like I did a couple of those like silly, cute, childish acts of service. I think that she appreciated them just the same, right? Which is, I think, what it was created for. You know, I mean, I feel like Anna would have been like, no, just like showing up for someone and showing that you care is probably why she was so pissed that it was. Because she's like, oh, you're all just buying gifts now. That's not the point, right? It's not just about the material things. It's about the person and the time that you spend with them. Yeah, whether they're dead, alive. Correct. We should still be Mm -hmm. remembering them, Mm -hmm. right? Well, because it was after her mom died that she created the holiday. So it was almost like it took losing her mom to... Well, and so like the material things weren't relevant to her or the reason why she started it. Yeah. So having it all turn into this materialistic thing just seems like, uh, yeah, that would be totally pointless to me. Like if I created it for this reason, I'd be like, what are you doing? Like, that's not the point. It's exploiting. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where the bitterness comes in, which we'll dive into Mm. later. It also got me thinking about what did that look like if she was trying to rescind it? Like what, I wonder what steps she took or she tried to do that. So I'm curious about that process, what that looked like and how did she get shut down? 1-800-Flowers was like, no, not going to happen. I don't right. think it was 1-800-Flowers back then. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't this like the Oops. early 1900s? <laughs> okay, shut up. Yes. <laughs> okay, but you know what I'm saying. I'm saying floral and, and greeting card industries are like, probably stopped her from it is what I'm saying. Of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like, that. shut this woman up. Yeah, we need yeah. to make $5. Well, back then it was probably like 10 cents a cup. But. <laughs> Oh my God, that's embarrassing that I just said that. That was epic. (laughs) It's fine. Okay, okay. Contemporary. (laughs) Yeah. I do really want to talk about how maybe we can reclaim this holiday for ourselves. I want to get back to that a little later. I have a different question I'm going to ask before we go there. So, 
I just am curious if each of you would share how you celebrated Mother's Day with your mom when she was alive. I know, Erin, you touched on it a little bit, but I'd love to know some details from each of you about how you showed up for your mom on that day or celebrated with one another. Yeah. So mine, I mean, as I said before, was acts of service. Um, If you listened to the episode where I was telling a little bit of my story, you'll know that like I'm an only child and my mom was a single mother. So oftentimes just like me and her. So like the whole gift giving was always kind of weird. Like my grandma would like give me money to go shopping for my mom or something like, you know, that sort of a thing for Christmas or, you know, Mother's Day or whatever. So oftentimes I'd write her a little note or like make her a card, make her breakfast in bed, which was just like soggy cocoa puffs when I was like six and like some burnt toast. But like she loved it anyways, because, so you know, you just, you know, anything like that, that your kid does for you. So she loved it. But then I got older and like, I'd have allowance here, there, or, you know, I got my first job when I was 14. So like, I'd buy her little things, but she would always like tell me to like, you know, I just love that, that you thought of me or that, or you got me flowers in my favorite color. Those things were more important to her than the actual flowers or the actual gift that she got. And she always told me that too. So she was always that person. She's like, I just like that, that, that you thought of me and that, um, like I was on your mind and that you just are here and spending time with me. So I like that you keep bringing up the love language acts of service too. Maybe we, mm-hmm. that should maybe be a conversation that we have later. Like, what is your love language? It also can be different, like what you do for others and what you prefer to be done for you too. Mm-hmm. Those, those mm-hmm. two differ. So, mine's quality time. So, anyway, that's what I prefer is given to me. But, okay, who who else? So if you didn't listen to the mini episode, which I encourage you to do if you haven't, I tell my whole story. And yes, I was four and a half when my mom died. And as I later learned studying psychology and whatnot, and I think it's kind of general knowledge now that like trauma really impairs memory. And so on top of being super young, I had this super traumatic event, which completely like impaired slash wiped my early childhood memories for the better or worse, you know, be a little of both. But yeah, it's hard not knowing. I had, and we'll get into this more, but I mean, my my struggles kind of just started to begin when my mom right. died. There was so much that continued to happen that was like, that's just also me thinking back on it. For all I know, people were like, there and like, you know, setting up ways for me to recognize my mom on Mother's Day or talking about it with me, but I don't recall any of that. Yeah. So I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, that it may be brought up feelings of hurt and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like I want to be sensitive to that. And I also want to ask the question. And I think I also kind of um, appreciate how honest you are in your response and sharing your true feelings about what that brings up for you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I want to be honest. I'm sure there's other women out there that are in the same boat as you. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, it makes them feel probably a little more normal that they can't remember what they did to celebrate their mom. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, that's, that's why I share. It's like the whole point of this podcast. It's like being vulnerable is terrifying. And yet the hope is that it brings connection. I actually totally blanked when you asked that question because I can't really remember specifically what we would do. 
I was 13 when my mom died, but she had been sick for like three years before that. So really, I consider my memories starting at 10. She liked stuff. She liked fashion and jewelry and stuff like that. So I feel like we would go pick out an outfit for her at, um, again, shout out to Geyerman's in Pipestone, Minnesota. <laughs> we would go and, you know, she would like pre-pick out outfits and we would probably go buy one of them. And she loved yellow roses. <laughs> that was her favorite. So I think we probably got her yellow roses. And I do remember bringing her breakfast in bed a couple of times. She loved coffee. She would drink coffee all day long, like I do as well, except hers is black and mine's like black half cream. I'm making assumptions with that. Those are things I think we did. But I agree, Sarah, that it's foggy mm-hmm. um, in my head. And I was, I mean, I was 10 to 13. It's not, I don't know. But I do... I'll share at the end something that I found about Mother's Day. What? Yeah. Keeping us waiting. I know. That's a teaser. Okay. I'm <laughs> so excited. I, I was thinking about, so I was 15 when my mom died, though as I also experienced a lot of memory loss from that time. I feel like, you know, my mom was diagnosed when I was 11 and I really, I don't remember a lot in those four years. And then after she died, it's just like blank. And I was, I think I shared this, I, I guesstimate like five to seven years, like seriously, you guys, it's like, I just don't have much, but after she died five to seven years that you, yeah, I don't have much, but I was thinking about obviously in anticipation of answering my own question. Um, I remember it being for our family, something that my, we would get together with my maternal grandparents. So my mom's mom and dad and <laughs> And they would always, my mom and my grandma would always get a corsage and, and mm. we would go to church. So wow. it was like, it, you know, you remember corsage, mm-hmm. like prom, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So, so cute. So that was a thing. And that, but I don't, so I don't remember gifts at all. I do remember like making the card. And oftentimes I think we did it at school and I would bring it home. And that was yes. what was the offering, right? But yeah, the corsage was a thing. And then always going to church and being with my grandparents. Yeah. What happened to corsages? <laughs> yeah. They'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's hard to remember for all of you, but do you remember what it was like after your mom died? Mother's Day? After she died? Ugh. I know. I like don't even. Ugh. Mm. Well, I hated it. Yeah. I hated Mother's Day because I knew people were feeling empathetic toward me. And that was a day that we were just home with our family, right? And my dad didn't really talk about it. We still didn't really acknowledge it on that day for forever. So it was like this awkward, uncomfortable, the day that I just wanted to not happen. And I was so excited when it was over. So mm-hmm. um, I'm sure, again, I don't really recall. I just remember that feeling of being like, ugh, in going to church. And people looking at you like, oh, but you don't have your mom. What are you going to do today? You know, that is something I dreaded as well. I mean, not necessarily just around Mother's Day, but that pity, like, do not pity me. Yeah. I hated that feeling. Which is like a whole other topic. I totally identify with that. And especially around holidays like Mother's Day, you're just like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like half the reason why I dreaded it sometimes. Like, I don't know, you know, like that was a big part of it. I don't know if you guys also feel that way, but. And yet I feel guilt even saying that thing about being pitied because 
I also recognized that people were just caring. Some people were curious. And a lot of people loved my family. They weren't doing it out of embarrassment to me or to make me feel uncomfortable. But that is just like the innate reaction that I felt. Like it was coming from a place of love and caring and wanting to understand, but coming across as a certain type of way. I mean, also we have to acknowledge like developmentally, Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, for the ages um, that we were and Sarah, you know, you were so young in this probably maybe, I I don't want to speak for you, but likely showed up for you later where you don't want to be known at, in those teenage years, like um, me, Shadia and Aaron were when our mom died as the girl who lost her mom or whose mom died. You don't want to be known as that person. So I think it's also very normal that we would want to avoid the attention on us to be around the death of our moms. And I, it's interesting that you feel, um, that you feel guilty about that Shad though. Cause I, I, I never felt that way. I just hated the pity. I am like so opposite of all of you. I, I, I wanted to be pitied. I wanted everyone to know. I feel like I've expressed this before. You have. Yeah. And that's almost why like this um, podcast now is like such a like amazing thing because it's like, you know, we talked about this, how it's like, you, you don't have to have that awkward, oh, my mom's dead, like conversation. It's just like, oh, I co-host a podcast, you know, about, you know, through the lens of, I mean, AKA my mom died. Like you're essentially <laughs> saying that, but like in a, yeah, in right. a way that feels less awkward. Um, and it is still, it can feel awkward, but my whole life, I feel like I had to awkwardly somehow like navigate situations where the expectation was I had a mom and I had to figure out how to either correct that or disguise myself like math, like pretend I fit in with everyone else. And Mm -hmm. even you just asking this question again, like I'm very like in tune with my body and I feel like I can feel like my stomach just like dropped. It like sank at that question. And that was, that's literally the reaction I've had since a child when I hear, Oh, mother's day is coming up or we're going to make mother's day cards like in class today. So you, I, you said that you welcomed like the attention around it. Was that even in in the teenage years? Well, the problem was I didn't get attention for it in my teenage. It was like forgotten. I think Mm, that was, that's mm. what it felt like. It happened when I was four and a half. I got a lot of attention obviously Mm. then for it, Yeah, yeah. but I didn't really know what was going on. That was when I could feel like that pity, like uncomfortable, sad adults around me. And I was like, I don't like my mom died. The last thing I want is like more sadness and like, like, I just wanted to have fun and be a normal kid. Then when I turned into a teenager and the feelings came on strong, I was like alone. And I'm like, how do I bring up that I'm sad about my mom dying? It was like yeah. so long mm-hmm. ago. And it so was you- like old news. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, was yeah. like, you're over that, right? You yeah. You've moved on. It's just like a part of, it's just a part of your identity now. It is what it is. Like, <laughs> yeah, you just, you're, you're a survivor. That's what my, um, my therapist said. And I actually loved that reframe Mm. at the time. It was so empowering to be Mm -hmm. told, oh, I'm a survivor. But it's like, no, I'm literally trying to survive every day. And so then at that point, you're like wishing someone would actually acknowledge it and talk to you about it. And yeah, yeah. We're going to fast forward a little bit to being adults. 
and navigating this time of year without our moms. So I'm curious how each of you manage this time, like emotionally, physically with all the marketing and the commercialization that we've talked about. Erin, I know we had talked separately a little bit about how you've moved through the day. Do you want to start? Yeah. Um, I lost my mom when I was 16. So like kind of like on that cusp of like a couple of years later, boop, there I am an adult quote unquote. So Mother's Day was like always weird because of the reasons that like we all just spoke to. I feel like they never have really gotten not weird. Like even up until this point at first, like I didn't want any attention. I didn't want the pity. I like, I just want this to, I don't want to be overshadowed by this fact. Like I'm still me as a person. And like, I don't know, nobody talked to me in the way that I wanted to or needed to. They didn't respect my boundaries around it. And so I just wanted to push it off. But I've spent a lot of my life working in the service industry. I have to work almost every year on Mother's Day. Like, so working in restaurants, working in coffee okay. shops. So mm. it is yeah. not that bad. Like, it's it's really not that bad. Some days, some years, and we all know this, like some years it's really tough. Some years it's really tough. But I know like the month before, I'm like, I'm going to work this Mother's Day. So I have time to like prepare myself to be like, it's okay. It's cool. It's like to basically like soothe myself into it if it's a hard year or if it's not a hard year, I'm just like, cool. I can just be happy for all these other people that have mothers and they're out eating with them today at this restaurant. Um, I'm going to get a shit ton of money today. (laughs) (laughs) It's got to make it feel a little better. Right. Exactly. Lots of good. Uh Mm -hmm. It does make it feel a little better. I make a lot of good money on Mother's Day. I have spent so many Mother's Days not really having to think about it or having the space because I have to work. It just is what it is. And I think because of that, I find other anniversaries and days throughout the year that I can associate that memory, that remembrance, that sort of feeling to it. Because Mother's Day is a day where I'm probably always working but I kind of just spent so long avoiding it for the reasons that I mentioned before that I'm not really sure like what it means to me right now as a day. There hasn't really been space around it. It will probably continue to evolve if I start like for sure not working Mother's Days or I continue to work them. If I have kids or however that changes, it'll probably just continue to evolve for me. But it's not really something that I revere or super avoid anymore. It's it's a day and it sucks that I have to work every Mother's Day. I acknowledge that, but I can always I can always make it up. My mom, you know, my like dead mom isn't like upset <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that I'm working on Mother's Day right, right. or that I'm not like thinking about her all day on the day <laughs> or that I didn't like buy flowers in remembrance of her or do like a big grand gesture. Like she's fine and she's probably like, well, Get paid. Get that money. Yeah. Get that money, honey. And I agree that, I mean, obviously we all honor our moms on different dates, anniversaries, whatever. But there is something about Mother's Day where it's so in your face Mm, mm -hmm. with the marketing and the emails and the Facebook ads and Mm -hmm. the commercials. So not only do I get annoyed at how in your face it is because, A, I usually have to work. I mean, you know, it is what it is. But also like, yeah, I don't have a mother. So don't like jokingly say, hey, remember to call your mom today. Don't tell people that. 
that that's pissed me off for years. I've like friends that don't know coworkers or whoever, like at least like mm. ask somebody like, are you doing anything for mother's day? Like there it's people get in yeah. your face about it because society puts it in your face. And I'm just like, and I don't want to tell people while well, I'm working a serving shift. Hey, um, right. I'm not going to call my mom yep. later because <laughs> she's dead. I'm not going to tell the table that I'm serving that or like my coworkers, but I want to <laughs> scream it at you yeah, because yeah. I want you to yeah. shut the hell up because <laughs> right. Like being conscious of the fact that other people have different experiences and their lives are completely different. And just because it's this big to do and like you're in a space where it's being shoved at you doesn't mean that yeah. you should shove it really at other point. people. Um, and to me, that's just a way of being respectful is not doing that sort of a thing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it translates to other holidays too, that, you know, that we can be mindful of, you know, like Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> People well, there's that, so yeah. many assumptions yep. inherent yeah. within yeah. these mm-hmm. holidays. Or you look at someone and like, oh, well, your parents must still be alive because you're like this, you're only this old, right? It's like all of these assumptions that we don't say, but we just automatically yeah. think of. And that's so not true for a lot of people and in a lot of circumstances. I think there's even that assumption around having children, right? Where people meet you and they're like, oh, you're married? Do you have kids? And that Mm -hmm. can be just obviously different subject, but that can be so sensitive. Maybe you're trying to have kids. Maybe you can't have kids. Maybe you don't want kids. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have five kids that you don't even like. I don't know, but (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) My girlfriend who actually lost her dad like posted this that I now try to avoid any of those assumed questions to anybody that I meet for like the first or whatever time. Like I don't ask about children. I don't ask about your parents. I just, because I, I know what it feels like when people ask you, you know? So she's like, I just try and avoid it or whatever, which is not always possible. And I'm a nosy person. So I like to ask all the questions, but I think it's something to keep in mind. Have you guys noticed that different companies are being more mindful though around this holiday? Like I I heard that Etsy sent an email saying if you don't want to receive notifications about Mother's Day, let us know. I got that email from Etsy because I have an account. I don't know if I'm the one who told you, but I remember seeing that email. I think that was that was really nice. Yeah. 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 And then I know President Biden and Vice President Harris sent out something about their yes. mailing list too, I think. I, it, right? Our, well, one of our friends, Shady and I, I have a friend who let us know about that. So mm-hmm. I think that's that movement towards empathy. I do too. Around, around it's appreciated. these times. I like it. Acknowledging that whatever we have in our mind as a society, like as what the status quo is, is not the case for a lot of people. Yeah. Like I think that that's really important in a lot of instances, but like speaking to what you know, this particular topic, I think it's great to see companies or very prominent people acknowledging that this is not necessarily normal. And we should acknowledge all of the ways in which people do live their lives and what is normal for a lot of people, not just a specific group of people. Yeah. So how do you all celebrate now or honor your mom now? You know, like Shadia and I are both moms. Um, so we have, we are coming upon this day, both as mothers and as daughters without moms. Do you have rituals around it? Do you have a plan? <laughs> um, Aaron, we know you're working, but yeah, <laughs> I'm curious 
to hear what you all have done or plan to do this Sunday. I would just say historically as an adult now with children, the last few years have been very complicated for me. I was generally sad about it before I had kids. And then I had kids and it was an amazing distraction to be a mom, to not have to like think about my sadness and just Mm -hmm. to be kind of like honored and remembered with my own kids, you know? So for that first couple of years, I remember just feeling like, good, it was a distraction. I didn't have to think about it. And then a few years ago, I don't know what happened on that day. I've never felt this way before, but I literally fell into a 24-hour depression that I've never, I'm not naturally depressed. And so I didn't even know what was happening. I felt like I could not function. And it was, it was super scary actually. And I was like, is this what what it's going to be like going forward? It's just all those emotions that I wasn't even planning for just hit me. And it scared me to tell you the truth. And it, it did pass the next day. I was pretty much back to normal. And so I didn't have a plan that year about doing anything. And so now I do need to make a plan every year. And I have, I don't actually have a plan (laughs) yet, but you know, we have days, but I always (laughs) like to plant my flowers outside and just, I I don't actually like a schedule. Like I don't want to go to lunch. I don't want to, I don't want to do any of that crap. Um, (laughs) I just want to do what I want to do on that day to tell you the truth. I secretly know all my kids got me, which I asked for nothing. I said, I want cards and I want you to make me cards. And I'm going to be real pissed if I don't get handmade cards. I thought you were anti-cards. Handmade. (laughs) I'm not purchasing. Like, you know. Okay. Like Mm, the handwriting that looks like horseshit (laughs) and it's amazing. And I think I appreciate that they are acknowledging it. But you never know what's going to come is my point. Like this year might be the same. I might want to crawl in a hole. Yeah, and yeah. that's okay because at least I know that I will hopefully come out of it, you know. Oh. When was that? When did that happen, your depression? I feel like that was, was like maybe three, four years ago. Okay, okay. So I had like a two and a three-year-old or something like that. Yeah. Okay. I can like totally see that though. Like it, it makes me really, like you're saying on the one hand, it's so nice to have this distraction because the day kind of takes on a new meaning. But Mm -hmm. it's just that, like, it's a distraction. It's not like you're processing or working through any of that pain. You're just kind of, Mm. whether it's intentional, you know, you're avoiding it and it all surfaces, you know, maybe when it can. And I'm just thinking like, I want to become a mom so badly. And I'm also terrified. Like, how do you handle your own grief? Like on a day where you're being celebrated? Yeah, it's so sad. And I'm the master of distractions to avoid grief. I, if you want lessons, I could write a book because I'm really good at it. That sounds like not a good handbook I'm to just, avoid. I know that was, that was a real sarcasm. <laughs> to, to I know. Issue. Not, <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to publish that handbook, but <laughs> that will not be in the show yeah. notes. <laughs> well, I want to share that, like, since having kids, I am not the best at distracting the distraction. So I feel all my feelings and I've really moved through. I, so my, my oldest is 15. So I've had quite a few mother's days as a mother and I suck at them. Like, I'm like, why can't I show up as a mom right now? I, I can't, I am stuck as a daughter without her mom and I grieve. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm always, you guys, I think every single year I have been so sad. 
you know? And it's even when they do like lovely things for me, like last year, I, I don't know what year it was either last year, or the year before, cause COVID, I don't know my brain. They made this a brunch for me. It was like beautiful. They like, Oh, it was French toast. No, it was two. That was two years ago. Last year was in bed, <laughs> but they always make food, French toast, strawberries, bacon, mimosas. Oh my gosh. And, and I'm like, wow. But I'm not at peace. There's this. They could tell you you're me. going to Maui and you'd be like, no, thanks. But I still want to crawl in a hole. Maybe not. Maybe you don't want to crawl in a hole and make an assumption. My sadness dominates though. And I will also mm-hmm. say my anticipation of the day is not usually great. Cause I'm like, what's well, not a big deal. It's mother's day. It's like, why is this even a big deal? Like we've all talked about, it's like a greeting card holiday, right? It's just, but inevitably when the day comes, I have all sorts of feelings about it. And I, yeah, it's just complicated because I know my kids, they really want to honor me on that day and I can't be present for it. Mm-hmm. Do you have think they, I think we're going to ask the same thing. I'm like, are they aware of this? Yeah, yes, have you, exactly. Uh, have you brought it up? Oh, yeah. How do they react? Because they're all different ages. And I guess if that gets too personal, I realize you don't have to share there. Just like, is that hard, I guess, like being so honest with them? They get it. I feel like pretty much every experience that, well, I'm an emotional person. We all know this, my, <laughs> but my kids know this. And I think I'm really honest about how most things are bittersweet for me. So they're used to me showing up with uh, pride and joy and also the sorrow of not having my mom present. So mm-hmm. I think it's all just normal for them at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's great, though. Yeah. They like get to witness the spectrum of human emotion and like it's such a normal healthy way it seems like Sarah you have not really spoken about how I know once again I feel like I'm like the weird one no like the odd one out which is like this is crazy I knew doing this would be triggering that's the okay. point that's why we're doing it but it's like this just brings up once again so many like feelings I've had since childhood where it's like my situ <laughs> sorry it's like I I'm still stuck in that angsty teen kind of phase and I shouldn't say it like that I guess because that's kind of minimizing and invalidating but it's like I'm like no one understands me like my situation is so different and unique I mean everyone's situation is unique the reason I say that is because Mother's Day has been very complicated for me since my mom died I have had so many mother like figures come in and out of my life and I've consistently had one who has been she she is my mother today yeah. but she's not my birth mother and she's not um I n- I've never been able to even call her which that's you know something I'm still you know trying to figure out and wrap my head around like this I have thoughts about that and I can get into that another time but ever since I've had Sue I call her Sue mom was what <laughs> We came up with when I was like eight years old. <laughs> so sweet. Felt like an, a compromise. Yeah. Ever since, yeah, I've had Sue mom in my life. We've celebrated her on Mother Day, Mother's Day. And as I've gotten older, I've become more aware of the grief, you know, that you guys are talking about that comes with Mother's Day for me. And I, I do a better job of honoring that myself. Again, as a kid, I maybe adults were were trying to help me process my grief. I don't recall it, but maybe I wasn't ready. Either way, it's it's mostly taking place 
now. I feel like I really ignored or didn't know how to recognize a lot of my grief until I got to be a teenager and older. And so Mother's Day in the present is honoring Sue, Sue mom. And she used to love to get McDonald's drive through breakfast. Or like I would go with, like we would pick her up like McDonald's drive through mm. breakfast, bring mm. that. love bacon, mm. egg, and cheese biscuit. Oh, <laughs> there you go. God, it's there you go. So the hash good. So easy too, you know? And then we, we go on a walk. But now I incorporate this theme of mothering myself on mm. Mother's Day and making it a day of I like that. Uh, self-love and just as much as it's about other people. Like, but it is really like, like you're saying, Christine, like as much as I want to honor like Sue and I want this day to be, you know, like about giving love, like I feel so void of it on that day. And it's like such a blatant reminder that like she's gone. I, it, it strikes me that you made a decision when you were younger for Sue mom to really make space for your mom to be really to still be present by not claiming mom entirely. But then that nece- that wasn't necessarily incorporated in how you were living your daily life. So like, it doesn't sound like mm-hmm. on Mother's Day, you really acknowledged her or honored your own biological mother, your mother, in the way that probably would have been helpful. Yeah, you might not remember. I, I have like these vague memories. Like it seems like people prompting me, oh, you should maybe make this for, you know, do you want to make this in honor of your, you know, your mom, Becky? Like, Mm -hmm. do you want to, I think you guys had alluded to this about like the teenage years. Like I didn't like that attention at the time. There was something about that that felt really uncomfortable. Like, what are you talking about? Like, no, I, I'm going to, I, yeah, I just hate it. I didn't want to stand out and be weird and different Mm -hmm. on that day in that way. But then that even it confuses myself because I'm like, I wanted everyone to know. I wanted people to feel bad, but like something about Mother's Day, I just, I felt like ashamed, like to not have yeah, my mom alive to celebrate. And yeah. Yeah. I have a question for you, Sarah. When you say you're learning to, you know, mother yourself on Mother's Day, like what does that look like for you? Like oh, what, what kind so of things do you ask? Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, it's mostly self-care. Like like if I'm – this actually was like the wisdom I wanted to give. Like self-care, whatever that looks like to anyone. And that changes for me on a daily basis. Like self-mothering is essentially just like doing really good self-care in a way that is loving and kind and nurturing, but also like challenging myself too, like in a compassionate and gentle way. Lately, that's looked like me going to yoga or like exercising, moving my body when I maybe don't feel like it, knowing that I'm going to feel better afterwards, likely getting outside, going on a walk. I just bought a massage chair. Like it's like the thing you put over a chair. It's like a massager. I found it at the thrift store and it was like in perfect condition. I just like wiped it down. I've been doing that, soaking my feet in like some bath salts and um that sounds so good. Just yet yeah, I'm all about relaxing because I'm tense a lot. So mm-hmm. you know what you you what you were saying also got me thinking a few years ago I shared this on my Facebook page about mothering and that we really I like the concept of self-mothering, but also we can accept mothering from 
anyone, you know, mm-hmm. really anyone. And I mean, I'm mm-hmm. saying any gender, any, I mean, really anyone who shows you that however you define mother for yourself, like if they show those attributes and give that care and support to you, that's being mothered, you know? I love that. Do we allow ourselves to accept it? Maybe, maybe not, not always, but I I don't know. I think it's something to consider and think about. I love that. I love that because it's kind of like changing it too. So it's not putting it all on like, oh, you have to take care. It's uh, that gets at that kind of toxic uh, independence. Mm. Mm. That makes me very uncomfortable. What you just said. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, having somebody open. else being open to somebody else mothering me. Mm-hmm. Nope. It's the essence. It's the essence of mothering, right? It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Okay. I think it's a. I think it's great. I just that makes me mother me. <laughs> I I want that. I need that. I know. It makes me so I know. I know. Okay. That, that's so for a later episode. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to get back to Anna Jarvis real quick because um, we're going to, we're coming to the end of our time together. We know that the original intent of Mother's Day was to honor those that came before us. It was a motherless daughter who was like, I want to honor my mom. Do we reclaim this, people? Do we reclaim this? Do we even attempt to do this or... Are we stuck? Are we stuck? Do we abolish it? <laughs> what, what do we think? I mean, in some ways, I feel like we are reclaiming. We do reclaim it. Like with the nonprofit that we're all associated with, we do a Mother's Day brunch. And though well, this year we're doing a virtual gathering, but there is some of that happening out there. Is there an attempt to make it known that this day is actually about those who came before us? Or is there a letting go there? Or like a redefining? Sure. Is that what comes with? Oh, I like that. Could come with reclaiming? I'm all for it. I've never really been a fan of like the over-commercialization, like trying to buy my mom presents when she was still alive or being pressured to do all that crap. It was it was a lot and it was too much and I couldn't do it. And then like trying to find ways to honor like after she died, I feel like there's still a lot of pressure and it doesn't have to be like that how can we reclaim it in a way to get back to its original intent and its original purpose? And I think maybe like being more inclusive to like, not just like my individual mother, but the people in my life who have mothered me or my, you know, even like I have friends, I have friends who like, I, I, I have friends who are mothers, but then I have friends who aren't mothers, but they've supported me in a very motherly way or like just, other people in your life showing up in these motherly ways, however you define that, like Christine, like you were saying, how can we, how can we use it to kind of honor that the act of mothering mm-hmm. versus strictly a person and only your person? Cause you only get one mother, but yes. you don't. Yeah. And a lot of people don't even have close, like good relationships with their mother. What about abandonment? What about estrangement? How yeah. can we reclaim it as to this act of mothering this basically an yeah. act of service. Yeah. What does mothering mean? Right. Defining it in your own way and being able to honor it and acknowledge it mm-hmm. and respect it. And however you define it, this act of mm-hmm. mothering, this act of service. I love that. I do too. I'm in. That was amazing. I'm in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. perfectly said. I've thought about mm-hmm. this a lot before. <laughs> For our listeners, I asked all of the hosts to bring something to share at the end of this episode for all of you to take with you as you are thinking about what mothering is. And and the thing I'm going to read actually to Sarah 
um, you know, you said, what, how do you define mothering or what is mothering? Like th- this um, poem really touches on that. And oh. I hope it resonates because I'm really excited to share it. Um, I've shared it before in other groups, but so Exciting. anyway, yeah, that was good, Aaron. Thank you. That was real good. Thanks. <laughs> Anyone else have thoughts on that before we get to our, our sharing? I'm kind of a traditionalist. So in my head, I'm like, I don't, I love traditions. That's just, I really do. I love things that go along with holidays, any holiday I'm in, I'm in for. Except for greeting cards. <laughs> I mean, that's true. <laughs> Although I love reading <laughs> greeting cards. Like they're the best. I just don't want to purchase them. Anyways. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wonder if as a motherless daughter, losing your mom early, like you like the the consistency. Yeah, thank you. Almost. Consistency. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Absolutely. Yes. I like things that I can look forward to. I like parties. I'm an event planner. So there's that <laughs> factor. Duh. I think there's a lot of factors why I love traditions. Yeah. Of course, I just don't love Mother's Day. Yeah. <laughs> but I respect like Father's Day too, I think can be, I mean, any any of those. So you want to keep it? You're saying don't? I, I mean, I want to keep it, but I also... I don't want to lose all the traditions of it because I think there's worth in that. Mm. And I think it can make people feel really good. And I think mothers deserve and fathers do too. I'm not saying that, but um, I think mothers work really freaking hard when you, <laughs> when you're alive to be a mother. So being a mother, I understand that, but I would love to Aaron's point, if it would be more holistic about mothering but still have those other touches. I don't know. And even just parenting. Because again, when we say mothering, we're we're assuming there's a gender. So we're already putting like feminine qualities onto it. So in that sense, though, I mean, we could say, you know, I, I love spiritual things. So it's like about honoring like the divine femininity within all of us mm-hmm. and making it less about... A mother. Mm. I like that. I think that my mind goes there and like connects yes, from what I, I was agree. saying I to agree. that. I like that a lot. But of course, I want my future <laughs> children to honor me and only me. <laughs> yeah, I want. I want breakfast in bed every year. I just want to make that known. Okay, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying we take away breakfast in yes. bed. Breakfast in bed is a yes. fantastic yes. thing. Mimosas, that yes, absolutely. Everything. Flowers sometimes, for sure. However, you want to show your love, that's fine. So I love it. Okay, so as I mentioned a little bit earlier. I had sent you guys a message a few days ago asking to have something prepared, either a thought or, you know, something written by someone else that you would like to impart on our listeners as we end this conversation today. So hopefully you're all prepared and I'm going to ask Shadia, you're going to start. Are you okay? Okay with that? Yes. Mine isn't a poem or anything and it's hard because you can't see it, but I'll show the ladies. Um, I have this box actually that we made it at She Climbs Mountains Retreat and it kind of has like my keepsakes in there of my mom's things. And one thing that I have in there is a card <laughs> see that? Oh. that I made my mom when I was, I had to look, it was when I was six years old and it says... I mean, pretty good handwriting for a six-year-old, right? And so colorful. Good. Yes, of course. I love color. Yes. But it is, says, Happy Mother Day Aww. at the top of the smiley face. Mm-hmm. And then it's got like a purple sun and a flower balloon and a sticker that says, Keep Out. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and then at the bottom, it says mother. Anyways, it's pretty sweet. Mm. And then on the inside of it, oh, it's double layered too, you guys. That seems, yeah, I really I wanted it to be in. Mm-hmm. Advanced. <laughs> really is. Um, and then in the inside, it says, dear mom. Okay, I'm just looking at this for a second and realizing I had such better penmanship than my children, but that's okay. Dear mom, happy Mother's Day. You're the best in the world. Love, Shadia. And then my mom wrote, what, like the six years old thing. So I don't know. I just think that's really sweet. And that's like my my youngest daughter's age now. I love it. I don't know. It's, I I like that I have that. That she kept that too. And it's coming full circle with your love of handmade cards. I mean, abs- of course it is. Yes. Yes. That is Mother's Day. That seems like a really fundamental piece of Mother's Day. Mm, I love it. Agreed. Handmade best mother yes. in the world. Mm-hmm. It's always, or universe. Yeah. Yes. Or usually there's like a roses are red, <laughs> violets are blue, you're the best mom and I love you. Or, you know. Sounds something. good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Was that just off the cuff? <laughs> I did a lot of roses oh, yeah, are yeah, red yeah, in yeah. my yeah. day. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Aaron, how about you? I just kind of want to share that, like, however you choose to celebrate your dead mother is fine. Some years I have to work and I don't do anything that day and that's fine. And I don't feel the need to do it. Some years I, I go through like an old photo album of hers of before she even had me. And I kind of look at these pictures of her when she was my age and wonder these things about her. Sometimes I watch our favorite movie to watch together, which was The Sound of Music. Sometimes I do that and I cry. Or sometimes I like tell a funny story with a family member and I laugh. Or sometimes I talk to my partner, Keith, about it. Every year is different and it's ever evolving for me. And if you are also that same way, don't feel like ashamed or bad, especially if like you're not really doing anything that year. That's okay. You don't have to feel pressured to celebrate in a certain way and just know that whatever you're feeling, whatever feelings or things that you're choosing to do on that day, as long as you're doing them in a safe space for you and drawing your proper boundaries with other people in your life, um, you can't go wrong. So just keep, keep doing what you want to do. Cause it's great. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. Shad, were you going to say something? I was going to say that was so well-spoken. So well-spoken. Yeah. Oh, are you reading it to me? No, I was going to say, dear Sarah, you should share now. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, thought you were, I thought you were like going Your right turn. into the, no. the Do you think poem? that's like, what oh, the poem oh says? My dear, dear Sarah. Sarah. Well, she, she said it reminded <laughs> her of me or something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I was going to say that I just agree with Aaron so much. That's I was going to give a very similar sentiment, which is okay. just make the day whatever you need it to be. I'm all for like this idea of, because this is something I'm just kind of practicing, experimenting with, of the self-mothering, self-love. Like I'm in a very, I keep, it seems very apparent with as much as I'm saying I'm, but I'm in a very selfish phase of my life right now, it seems. After years of, you know, feeling like I um, wasn't focusing on myself enough, whether that was apparent to people on the outside or not, I am now focusing more inward and Similar to what Aaron said, boundaries, huge. So setting firm boundaries around my needs while still, and this is what's tricky for me, is um, knowing when I have enough 
or when I can give enough to show up for other people too. Mm. But trying to put myself kind of in that first spot, like showing up for me so that I, well, not so that I can show up for, showing up for me so because I deserve it and then showing up for other people because they deserve it. Dang. I love that. Feeling bad about my card right now. <laughs> Your card no, is so perfect. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's sweet, but it is no wisdom like you two. Goodness. Amazing. It is. Shady. Moving on. Well, let's hear your okay. poem. Shady, I'm, just, I'm, I'm stealing from someone else. So you're good, love. <laughs> um, at least all of you are sharing original thoughts. Um, okay. I am actually going to read The Mother by Khalil Gibran, who actually, Shadia, is a Lebanese-American author. So I kind of like that connection. Um, it, known for writing the prophet, if you are familiar, Hmm. best known work is the prophet. So I'm going to read this to you. And then um, we're going to wrap up for today. The mother, the most beautiful word on the lips of mankind is the word mother. And the most beautiful call is the call of my mother. It is a word full of hope and love, a sweet and kind word. Oh, you guys, I'm getting teary eyed. A sweet and kind word coming from the depths of the heart. The mother is everything. She is our consolation in sorrow. You got this. (laughs) It's okay. Uh, Our hope in misery and our strength in weakness. Khalil, you're doing it to me today. She is the source of love, mercy, sympathy, and forgiveness. Everything in nature bespeaks the mother. The sun is the mother of earth and gives it, gives it its nourishment of heart. It never leaves the universe at night until it has put the earth to sleep, to the song of the sea and the hymn of birds and brooks. And this earth is the mother of trees and flowers. It produces them, nurses them, and weans them. The trees and flowers become kind mothers of their great fruits and seeds. And the mother, the prototype of all existence is the eternal spirit full of beauty and love. Thank you everyone for listening this week. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. We release new content every other Tuesday on our next episode, the widowers, which will be available on May 24th. We will be checking in with two men who lost their wives and are now fathering their young girls without the presence of their moms. You can listen wherever you stream your podcasts. You can also find us at piecesofyoupodcast.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Pieces of You Podcast. If you love our pod, please rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We would so appreciate it. Take care of yourselves. And remember, if we work together, we can make the broken better when you feel like you need glue to put back pieces of you then we will work together to make the broken better when the wounds are fresh and new and you don't think that they'll heal soon you gotta stay open if you share your story it will get better though it doesn't feel like ever stronger it's a journey we'll get through together so let us lift you up let us keep you grounded
for you.